ready yet anyways, because your mouth is filled with chips. You're doing the intro. I can turn my thing off and enjoy these yellow corn tortilla chips. Yes. Because I need them. Yes, but your face is on camera and then you'll be chomping on chips. Do you think I care? Oh my goodness. Unless these people see me jump. I've had, okay. the, worst, I've had the worst day. Okay. Do you think I care? These yellow corn tortillas are the only thing that have stopped me from throwing this microphone through this window. So you know what? Do the intro. Well, I ate these yellow corn tortillas. <laughs> you know what? They're gluten free. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Just One More Cookie, a podcast about two sisters' journeys toward complete health and wellness. We definitely don't have it all figured out, and we're still in the thick of it, but we are enjoying the ride. We'd love for you to come and join us for Just One More Cookie. friends and welcome to another episode of just one more cookie my name is abby and i'm amy and we are so excited to be here today i know we say that every week i feel like every week we say oh we are so excited but we really are we're very excited so um today before we get started though we do want to talk about our favorite things amy you're up what is your favorite thing you like to share okay um if you're watching via video I ate a lot of tortilla chips and I'm really trying to get centered and get like be professional. But if you see me looking weird, I have tortilla chips in my mouth, Um, which is my favorite thing, but I'm not going to share that. I love tortilla chips, but my favorite thing is an app called all trails and my good friend Maureen who listens to the podcast. So hi Maureen. Um, My good friend Maureen shared this, um, this app with me a while ago. And I love it. So what it does, do y'all hear Marley in the background? Yes, it's very obnoxious. <sighs> the worst. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's International Woman's Day. She wants her voice to be heard. <laughs> Who are we? Who are we to stop her? She's been That's a- right. She is woman. Hear her roar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this app, what it does is on the app, there's over a hundred thousand plus trails on it. And you can search in your area trails that you can go to, and you can even like customize the types of trails that you're looking for. Um, which I think is so awesome. If you're someone that likes to walk or you're someone that likes to bike, or like you really like something that's rough, like more hiking, like it gives real like details. And then people can give feedback about how, like what they liked about it. It's a really, really cool app especially for those of you who are really outdoors, like you really like to be outdoors when you're walking or biking or whatever you're doing. So it's a really good opportunity to like start collecting um, trails that you want to go on. And especially if like you're locked up in the house right now, like it's cold, you can just start looking and like start like scheduling or making a plan for the places that you want to walk. Cause I know I love like a good outdoor scenic, um, type of environment and like living in Florida, I I always thought, well, there's not many, but when I searched on, there's a lot, a lot of hidden gems that I didn't even know exist. And you'll find that same thing in your area. You know, sometimes you might think, oh, I just have to walk around my neighborhood when a lot of times there might be like beautiful trails right down the street from you. So um, really, really cool app. We're going to link it in the show notes or in the description either way um, for you to look at. And of course it's free. 
It's very exciting. I actually just downloaded it before we started while you impatiently waited for us to do the intro. Well, it took you 10 minutes to download. But That's false. I'm glad that is downloaded. absolutely false. My favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get into it. So this week we have a very special guest on with us today. Uh, she is a wealth of knowledge. I am blown away about how much we are going to learn today. Um, she is going to tackle a subject that you and I are not familiar with at all. She is going to talk to us about maintenance, something that we are striving for but have not gotten there yet. She has a lot of really great insight um, all about how to deal with it, how to get there, um, how to get in a healthy mind space so that you can actually stay healthy long term. So let's turn it over to Bethany Mackey. We're so excited that she's able to be with us today. Okay, just like we said earlier, um, I'm so excited to introduce our guest today um, because for so many reasons, but one of the main reasons is that I really feel like she is a wealth of wisdom, but not only that, like she's so vulnerable, so down to earth and just so fun. So I, we are so, so blessed to have Bethany Mackey with us today, who's going to share a lot about her health journey, but she's going to share the um, a lot about her maintenance journey which we kind of got that that term from being in Weight Watchers for so long and maintenance is essentially I've reached my weight goal and now I'm just maintaining that weight goal. And I feel like because I've been on the journey for so long, anytime someone talks about maintenance, I'm like, I mean, I'm great at maintenance. I'm great at maintaining my overweightness. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> According to the BMI, I'm a great maintainer. But, um, <laughs> Just wanted to really look at a side that not everybody looks at and really shed light on what that part of the journey looks like, um, especially if you've been on this health journey for a while. So, Bethany, first of all, thank you so much for being here with us and for in advance sharing your wisdom and just the greatness of you. Um, well, thank so you for having me. Of course. I want you to start. First of all, just introduce yourself to us. Who are you? What do you do? Um, you know, all the all the background, and then just kind of give us a glimpse into the start of your health journey. What did that look like for you? Sure. So, um, so glad to be here. It's, this is something I'm really passionate about talking about. So really excited to have this chat. Um, for my day job, I, uh, I'm the chief strategy and marketing officer for Progressive Power Lab. Uh, so I get to work with social justice uh, nonprofits throughout the country and help them build their fundraising programs is kind of kind of what I get to do every day. So you'll you'll know this is my home office. You'll notice lots of uh, social justice artists on the, the wall behind me. So that's the deal there. Um, my journey started. Uh, it, it's hard to define the the true start. I have been overweight my whole life um, and, you know, really started obsessing about it elementary school and I think joined Weight Watchers at least a half a dozen times and did every unhealthy thing all teenage girls do to try to lose weight and all that good stuff. Um, but my husband is ill and immunosuppressed and um, we didn't think he had very long to live. And we went to his doctor for his every three month checkup and he got some decent results on his blood work and. Um, it was like, 
oh my God, that's amazing. Um, and then there was this feeling of, oh crap, I need to outlive him. Um, because he also has a, a cognitive um, uh, delay because of his illness. And so he has, you know, essentially an acquired brain injury. So I, I manage the money. I, you know, he's on, on disability. I, I do, I do all of the adult paperwork as we call it in my house. Um, so like, he actually needs me. Like, yes, he loves me. Um, I couldn't ask for a better husband, but he actually functionally needs me to, to be around and be healthy. So that really started things for me in at the end of 2017, where I was like, okay, I'm hundred pounds overweight. My cholesterol is off the charts. Um, they keep telling me I'm, you know, not going to see 50. Um, I got to buckle down and deal with this. So that's where it started for me. So it had nothing to do about me. It was all about, oh, should I need to outlive my husband? Yeah. So. <laughs> Great. Why? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, I want to go, I want to go back to, um, to being, being overweight as a child and, mm -hmm. and like having that repetition, um, especially, and we talked a lot about this last week, but like what you deal with as a female being overweight, mm -hmm. why do you feel like that, that struggle continued for so long until you got to the point of having like this really big why, what do you think was like holding you back and like keeping you in like an unhealthy pattern? Yeah, I think for me, and especially now as somebody who, who lives in a, a marketing space professionally and sort of coming out the other side of my Weight Watcher journey, just what we do as a society to perpetuate diet culture and really equating thin with health and that, smaller is better um, for women and taking up less space. And there's so many layers to it, um, just physically, emotionally. Um, you know, so for me, it didn't occur to me that I was pudgy um, when I was a kid until somebody told me. It had nothing to do with I looked in the mirror and said, I'm fat. Um, I thought I was adorable. And then somebody called me big. And that was that was literally a turning point in my life because it was that you're not accepted because of your size. Um, and I gravitated toward those things where my almost six feet tall body was a good thing. Like I started playing basketball and, you know, I, um, you know, really threw myself into the places where people would like me more, where I was good at something like school and eventually work. And, you know, I was like, the girl you wanted to cheat off of in, in high school. And, you know, I was that girl and, you know, so, but I do think we just, when you look at the images um, that we just inundate girls with, I think that that's, that's really where it, it is. Cause it certainly wasn't in my family culture. My parents had the same career. They were both doctors. Um, there was nothing in my family, family dynamic that, at all put a value system on my weight or how I looked. It was, it was really external. Yeah. What do you feel like was different um, when you started um, your last kind of kick that actually had <laughs> results? My last tour of duty. Um, <laughs> yeah. They call it? yeah. What, was, what was different about that one as opposed to the other ones that just kept you in a pattern? Yeah. Cause the other ones were all about like, I want to be thinner because thinner would be better and happier and all of these things, which it of course isn't. Um, but that was, it was a simple definition, right? And this was, this was something so totally different. It was like, nope, gotta outlive my husband. Um, 
And so that was the, the key difference that, you know, and also the, um, I had incorporated about a year prior, you know, really getting back into exercise. Um, you know, so it was definitely a combination of like, Oh, I'd already started working out and then I started eating according to Weight Watchers and I started seeing success. And because I stuck with it longer, um, I started seeing a lot of success. Um, and we had at our old Weight Watcher meeting just an amazing community. And that was such a key difference for me because it's, um, you know, it's sort of made up for a lot of my unhealthy whys and my lack of self-respect and self-love. And um, because I was surrounded by this amazing community um, that I felt really comfortable um, in. So it was, it was definitely a big reason for why this was, this was the tour of duty that got me across at least the, the number line. <laughs> there was a whole other chapter after that, but yeah, I have a question I wanted to ask, um, which I was thinking about this, you know, when you were talking about, you know, your journey and how much you had to lose, because I'm pretty much, you know, in the same boat with a significant amount that I need to lose and, you know, still have, I mean, I'm over halfway, but I still have a lot left. But I feel like for me, maintenance or goal is just this kind of intangible out there, like imaginary thing. Mm -hmm. So did you have that? And, you know, if you did, how did you overcome it? Or did you, does it still feel like this fantasy thing that we can't really get our heads around? Yeah, it's, I totally agree that it's a fantasy thing because when, I weighed in for the first time and then looked at what my technical goal was. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I haven't seen that weight since I was like 16 and I am now right. almost 45, right? <laughs> I'm perimenopausal the whole nine. I'm like, yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, And it did feel like this crazy out there thing. Um, and you know, they always say like, break it down into small bits and things like that. I'm like, I'm a numbers girl. I need the big plan. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it was just really having that, there was something that happened when I had gotten to about like 75 of the hundred I needed to lose. And it was, you know, all of a sudden, like it was the little things, like the calluses on my feet went away. My joints didn't hurt when there was a storm. Um, when I walked down Central Avenue in like hot summer, I didn't have to wear like anti-chafe bands on my thighs. Like those tiny little things that I had always dealt with all of a sudden were gone. And I was like, oh, I actually feel better. And it really took that. And it be at that point when it was like, I noticed like a true tangible quality of life difference that when that, that number became much more realistic for me. So, so, and that's, that's interesting that you said that. So do you think that part of the problem with the way that we view maintenance has to do with us focusing on the numbers? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely been uh, sort of the last year for me is renegotiating what maintenance really should be for me. Um, you know, but I do think that that being so focused on the numbers, like I get it. I'm a businesswoman. I get why Weight Watchers puts together the program that they do. It's sort of the most broadly marketable, easily understandable method and metric, but it doesn't mean it's right. And it doesn't mean it's right for everybody, um, especially for those that have a, a prolonged journey. Um, you know, as I say, I, I started with a, like 
a hundred and change pounds to lose. So. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, so let's talk about when you get to that point, like that euphoric point of like, you got, you lost the weight that you were going to lose and by, you know, you're at goal weight, you know, and that's like celebrating. And I think that we did like, we did it up when you lost mm -hmm. the I don't remember yeah. exactly what we did, but we did something. <laughs> yes. Because yes. it's huge, right? It's a significant amount. And it's like, you're at that elation point. And of course, from my standpoint, like I always like think, oh, they did it. Like, that's so exciting, you know? And it's always nice when it's like a larger number because, and this is not like to downplay anybody's journey, but when I'm celebrating someone who got to goal and they had to lose 15 pounds, I'm like, well, I mean, I have to lose 10 of those. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I celebrate it, but when it's someone that has like over a hundred, then it's like, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's possible. Like I'm not the only one that like has that mountain to climb, mm -hmm. but you had that moment and you're celebrating and now it's maintenance. Take us through what happened after that moment that kind of threw you. Yeah. So I hit goal. Um, and goal for me was actually at like 90 pounds. Um, and then I kept losing and I ended up losing like 105 total. Um, and I was, one of the reasons I kept losing past my goal weight was the six weeks from when I made goal to when you make a lifetime, I had never been so scared, like about, oh my God, can I do this? Can I, can I maintain this? And it was just frightening. Um, and so I kept losing because I wanted buffer. And then late summer, like my body was just like, yeah, you're funny. And I put on eight pounds doing exactly the same thing. Like, I mean, I am a data nerd, like hardcore. I love me some spreadsheets. And I track everything. And I'm just like, I'm not doing anything different. Um, and I went to the nutritionist and I went to the doctor and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And they're like, welcome to your mid forties. Um, and the hormonal fluctuations and everything else. And um, I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, so I was like, okay, I am just going to work harder. Um, and I started running and I cut my calories more um, because when I went to the nutritionist, so you did like a full macro plan for me. And, um, you know, what I was eating in for Weight Watchers was actually way too much of a caloric deficit for me, which when you have a lot to lose, um, as I say, it's a good, it's what I needed to get started. But as I got closer to goal and definitely in maintenance, the science did not hold true for me. So I was actually eating like 1400 calories a day. And like my basal metabolic rate is closer to 1900. Um, so yeah, just not, not good stuff. Um, but I started running every day and spinning. So I was trying to be super active to try to keep the weight off and I maintained, you know, I gained like that eight pounds and I maintained it from like fall until the pandemic started, but I was miserable. Um, I was killing my body. Um, so I was eating every sort of low, no sugar, sugar, alcohol, fat-free chemical crap that was like low point. Um, I was taking 
anti-inflammatories twice a day because everything I owned hurt. Because when you start running after 40 years of abusing your joints by being overweight, like just picking up running and doing it every day, not, not so smart. Right. Um, sorry. And, uh, so yeah, I got to March and, uh, right before the pandemic and, you know, I had maintained for a year, you know, I kept my goal weight for a year. Um, and so that, that was up to that point. So I, I maintained for a year and then the pandemic hit and all hell broke loose. So. Oh, all hell broke loose. That was <laughs> it did. And so, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what happened? <laughs> um, I will happily tell you about my pandemic story. Um, <laughs> Please do. <laughs> okay. So, um, the pandemic for my family is, I mean, this has been frightening for all families. Um, I, I live with my mother, or I should say my mother was moved down and moved in with us and she is elderly and my husband is ill. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my God. Um, so there was just this utter fear and nobody is above um, dealing with fear with a little comfort food. And I am certainly guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, you know, we are big fans. And one of the reasons we live where we live is this thriving independent business culture. And so we actually have very good friends who have coffee shops and restaurants and everything else. And it was, oh my gosh, we have to support all of our, all of our friends and favorite businesses. So was ordering a lot of takeout and then like, I couldn't find chicken or eggs or, you know, carrots and broccoli at the grocery store. And it, it just was such a mental roller coaster that I put on like 10 pounds fast, um, right as the pandemic started. Um, and it was just such a like, well, what's my why? I no longer feel so unhealthy that I'm worried about outliving my husband. Um, I've learned how to respect myself and you know, self-discipline and everything else. And I was like, but I just felt lost in my being sort of ripped away from the community that had been so important as part of my journey because we weren't meeting in person anymore. It was just like, I, I just felt so lost. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, and all of a sudden food then became like a guilty thing for me again. And it was just this total mental anguish. Um, and I started feeling gross, even though it was only 10 pounds, you know, which when you've lost a lot is kind of like, whatever, but I'm like, I feel gross. Like I don't, have the same energy level. And I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. So I went back to what I knew at Weight Watchers. And then I was like, wait, no, I don't want to eat this way. I don't want to eat in this, you know, low calorie, chemically induced ick. So I was like, I'm going to focus on clean eating. So I got a subscription to Little Pond Farms and, you know, a box of veggies and a box of greens every week. And I got a um, CSA box from a local farmer, like chicken. And I got a subscription box from a Alaskan seafood company. So I get like, you know, a box of fish a month. <laughs> um, so I started, I figured out how to source different things and source really clean. Um, and just really focused on eating clean and just to feel better. And then, you know, sort of ignored the scale. Um, and went to my doctor, sorry, late summer, early fall. And I had taken off five of the 10 that I'd put on and he was like, you look great. And I was just, I was like, but I'm I'm heavier. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And he just looked at me and I adore my doctor. And, um, 
so I was like, well, that's bad. And he's like, cholesterol's fine and your blood pressure's fine. And how do you feel? And I was like, and I stopped and I'm like, I actually feel awesome. You know, I had backed off of the running because I couldn't take anti-inflammatories anymore because my stomach was wrecked. And um, I sort of found my groove between running and yoga and spinning and staying active and, you know, like was eating clean. And I was like, well, yeah, I actually feel really good. Um, and I was like, huh. And it just, it was one of those, it never occurred to me that I could redefine my goal. And that Weight Watchers had nothing to do with what my goal is. Like that's a financial structure for them. And he's like, yeah, no, don't be an idiot. So talk to my doctor about what my new goal should be. And he's like, you have to be realistic. You're in your mid forties, your weight's going to fluctuate, you know, um, the joys of, of perimenopause. And um, so let's decide what that range is. And then let's look at the things that are about being healthy like sleeping enough and eating the right things and, you know, moving every day. And so it, it's just been such a journey to redefine what health is for me. And that it has, that it isn't the number, you know, um, that it, it is truly the feeling of, I feel healthy and I feel good and I have enough energy and to trust my body enough and realize it's amazing enough and valuable enough to tell me when I am not doing right by it. Whew. So the yes. pandemic's been a bit, it's been a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, okay. So I love this. I, I love how you dialogue this and I want to dig a little bit deeper because this is, I am just selfishly going to just, you are teaching me tonight. Like I need this. <laughs> <laughs> Because this is something me and Abigail talk about all the time. It's like the, um, when you spend the majority of your life being overweight, right? And it's, you're always striving. I don't, until like you said, until I got to the point of like saying, okay, I really need to do something about this. It was just like, I'm big, you know, mm -hmm. and just didn't like it, and I'm big in the sense of everyone around me is telling me I'm big and I'm like right. same thing, like defining myself based on society. But it's like, once I started on this journey, I don't know anything else, but striving towards a number, striving towards mm -hmm. a look and it has to be smaller, you know? And even last week when we did, it's two weeks ago, right? And, and we did the, um, we were talking about body positivity. It wrecked us. Like we still haven't recovered <laughs> because we'll get on the phone and be like, it's so difficult to, to get out of this mindset that like, I'm a big girl and I'm not accepted and I have to get to the number. I have to get to the look. Right. But then it's like hearing people that get to the number or get to the look, they're like, well, I still struggle. And it's not. So my question for you is how, when was that moment where you were able to resolve the number and lean into how does my body feel and not beat yourself up? Um, it's definitely been a gradual evolution and it really started for me with like 
my physician going, you're fine, you're healthy. Because I didn't believe that. I didn't believe I was healthy if I didn't have that number on my chart. Um, so that was sort of the first domino for me. But then it was still, um, my clothes played a big part of it. Uh, so, you know, I had gotten to my goal weight. I had lot, bought lots of cute clothes. You know, I was wearing like a medium or a large on top because I'm obviously two different sizes, top to bottom, the joy of loose skin. Um, and, you know, like a large on the bottom. And 12, 14, like at my goal, I'm still a big girl, right? I never ever, like my skeleton is not a size two. So like <laughs> at goal, 12, 14, um, Weight Watcher goal. And then, you know, it was like, yeah, those extra five to 10 pounds meant, yeah, those clothes didn't fit right anymore. And I had to actually buy new clothes. And I went through this like, oh my gosh. And I bought size like 18s and 20s and 2Xs and things like that. And I like was wearing like way floppy things. And I'm like, I've gained weight. And then I'm like, I look ridiculous. <laughs> um, because I'm like, I have nothing to hide. Um, and it was just really, it was such a gradual thing to then say like, okay, I am not a 2X. Like really understanding this, there weren't like two ends that this was a whole spectrum. And when I started, I was like a 26, 28, you know? Um, and I'm just like, in my mind, it was, I've gained, I'm back there. As crazy as that might sound, that's what felt. Um, just, and then I was like, no, like, okay, I need to buy a large top and I need to buy like 14, 16s instead of 12, 14s on the bottom. Like if you had told me three years ago, I would be in almost tears about buying a 14, 16, I would have hit you. I'd been like, that would never happen. <laughs> um, so I think that it was just really trying to get to that, that point. And then as I start, I'm like, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel ashamed of these few flipping pounds? And then I really started reading a lot. Um, and really looking at what did I put in my social media feed? What, what was I reading? I unfollowed every freaking Weight Watcher social ambassador, like all couple hundred that I followed, <laughs> um, and started following people that were like feminist and empowering. And, you know, that it was just this like, really getting to this FU point with diet culture. Um, and I really started digging into yoga as something besides like, hey, this is an awesome twisty bendy thing to balance out the abuse I put on my body with running. But really getting into what yoga is about um, and being your highest self and sort of all of the layers of what yoga means in terms of accepting your, like what you bring to the table and how that's fits with what everybody else brings to the table. And I was just like, huh. Um, and then I started getting mad. So like the fact that skinny taste, I love the recipes, but why the hell do you have to market it as skinny taste? It's like healthy recipes, you know, good recipes point. That are, you know, think like that kind of thing now, like makes me irate. I'm enraged with you. That's a good yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all of those little things were just embedded everywhere in my life, everywhere. And it was like, you know, 
any of the goal clothes like that I bought at my lowest weight, I donated them. And I'm like, this is me. And this is always going to be me. I'm always going to be in this range, you know? And yeah, I, I, I have to be okay with that. And it's just, I get so angry when anything in the media tells me I shouldn't be okay with this. So. I have um, a question for you. And this is really kind of more selfish. I'm wanting your advice on this. So um, I really struggle with the thought of getting to maintenance. And I think the problem is because I have gained and lost Mm -hmm. such significant amount. It's like I would lose a lot and then I'd gain a lot back and then lose it. So how do you, did you have a lot of fear like when you got to your lowest? And if you did, how do you handle that? Because I feel like I am always on this, oh, if I gain 10 pounds, it's a slippery slope. I'm going to gain it all back. How do you deal with that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And one I will say I've probably conquered more recently rather than a year ago is renegotiating for me what maintenance was. And I I will say, I don't think there is such a thing as maintenance. My body is different every day. Like my body will swing three to five pounds in a day. You know, if I weigh myself at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, that's why like that whole two pounds Weight Watcher fear factor, like I could smack them for that because that is just so completely unrealistic. Like they set you up to be scared. Um, And I just, I think that's ethically wrong. Um, But I was scared. And when I got to maintenance and got to that Weight Watcher goal, I mean, I, I used to cry because I would be like right on that line and be so fear inducing. And I mean, like I wrecked my body and I wrecked my digestive system trying to maintain what wasn't realistic. Um, and if you have a lot of weight to lose and now when working with a nutritionist, it's like, no, you're not supposed to be on a caloric cut for three years. You shouldn't be on one for more than like three months. And then you should plateau your body. And then like, you should stair step down, not hill down. Um, and it's like, I wish I had known that then, but I think for me, realizing what's realistic for me to maintain, realizing what are the health habits that make me feel healthy and what are the you know, I won't even call them unhealthy habits, but like how much dessert can I have and my body still feel okay? For me, that's once a week. I have dessert on Saturday night. I also have a pastry on Sunday. Like, so that's, and I'm okay with that. I'm, you know, but if I eat more sugar than that, my stomach feels gross, you know? So I think it's been more about, okay, screw the number. We've decided like with my doctor, there's the range. you know, and it's, it's a good 10 pound range for me. And it's negotiating in that space that like, there are times when like, I tweaked my ankle and I couldn't work out as much. So I knew I had to be really, really thoughtful about eating higher protein, higher healthy fat, lower carb, because I wasn't using as much energy. Like it's more that thoughtful daily evaluation of what does my body need today? Not I need to maintain this weight from now until for freaking ever. That is unrealistic. And that's the, you know, mind F that we do to ourselves. You know, it's what do I need today? Like today I, I biked and I lifted weights and everything else. And, you know, tomorrow I'll run and what I eat changes depending on that. I eat more carbs on the days I run because I'm freaking hungry. (laughs) So I love that. 
Me too. Um, what What do you think through this through this phase of the maintenance and everything you've been through? What do you think is like one of the major things that you learned about yourself? Hmm. Um. Not quite sure how to put it into words. Um, I think it's that as somebody who is such a long range planner, like I do a lot of strategy work and a lot of data modeling and it, it's about making the big plan. That coming down to that, what am I eating today? And defining that as here's how I define health for today. Um, has been almost like developing another personality because that's just has never been me, you know? Um, and I had to kind of negotiate between the two me's of like, I know to be healthy, I can't look at maintaining this two pound range from now until the day I die. Like, no. Um, but I also needed to get like, okay, I like to plan a week's worth of meals and I like to, you know, be organized in my grocery shopping and my budgeting and all of that kind of stuff and sort of fi figuring out how those, the healthier mindset to maintain a healthy lifestyle and the planner and control freak in me had to negotiate sort of a truce. I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Um, and it's a constant tension. Like it's, you know, I'm definitely not going to be like, yeah, I have it all wired. It's like, nope, that's an everyday, like, thing. So I do a broad meal plan for the week so I can do my grocery shopping. But then I now only log a day at a time. So I sit down in the morning and log my day and my fitness pal app. And then I'm like, okay, I'm short on protein for today. So I let me switch this snack around like it gives me much more freedom to sort of have a broad highway to work within but really make my tweaks day to day based on what I need. So that's how I've negotiated that. But it's I had to give up a little control to get a little back. Yeah, I love that. So, um, as far as um, like accepting accepting your body, I know that you mentioned loose skin. That's something me and Abigail talk about a lot. Um, <laughs> especially if you you know you you're losing a significant amount of weight. That's just the reality. What has the process been like for you with accepting? and even like celebrating your body? Is that something that you actively do or is that something that you've always just accepted your body or is this something new for you? It's definitely something new for me. Um, I always used to think like, oh, well, like I've always been fat. So these women who get to their forties and I'm like, oh my, this or that isn't perky anymore. I'm like, shit, mine's never been perky. So like <laughs> there wasn't this like sense of loss. Um, you know, because I was overweight my whole life. Right. But I think as my, for me, it was when I started losing and realized that I was doing this project in my forties, as opposed to my twenties and my skin was, didn't have the elasticity and I was going to have significant loose skin, um, and things like that. It's, I'm almost, you know, I'm so glad that my husband and I did this together. Um, we got married later in life. We've, we've been together for nine years. Um, and it's, there's something comforting about getting saggy and loose together. <laughs> so um, that's honestly been a big part of it is that, you know, there hasn't been a day at any weight or sagginess that he hasn't been like, you are drop dead gorgeous. And I having that kind of cheerleader is a big part of it um, for me. And I know that not everybody is that blessed. Um, I think the other thing for me is that 
I have to look at this miracle of like, there is no reason when I look back at pictures of myself at, you know, pushing 350 pounds at my heaviest, um, before I, long before I started Weight Watchers. And the fact that like, I mean, my dad died at 59, you know, and uh, of complications of type two diabetes. And I'm like, the fact that I am like here and healthy and can run a 5k with no problem, I am so proud of that, um, that I have conquered a lot of the sort of generational trauma and demons, um, that, that is how I made peace with the loose skin It's looking at that. Like, that's a pretty amazing thing to me that it's like, yep, it's okay if I'm a little jiggly here and there. Yeah. So, um, I'm, Abigail, did you have a question? I'm going to ask one more question. And no. then I'm gonna, okay. Um, so I I wanna I wanna wrap this up um, with you talking directly to our listeners, and we have a wide range of listeners, like some who maybe are at goal weight and are just looking to are currently maintaining or just trying to stay healthy, so to speak, and then those that are like trying to lose their weight. What would be um, what would be a piece of advice or a word of encouragement that you could give to people that are on this health journey, um, that can help them? I think to succeed, you have to be radically honest with yourself. Um, if Weight Watchers works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, stop going back and find something that does. Like if counting macros and working with nutritionists works great. If figuring out yourself and just maybe cutting sugar out or focusing on clean eating. Like there are so many paths to get there. There is not one right way. And I think it's just, you have to be so brutally honest with what you need out of this journey. And it may not be a number. It may be a feeling. It may be a number. And I think just giving yourself the space to define your own health and working with a doctor to say like, yeah, here's, here's what health looks like. And it's not all about a BMR chart. Um, so I think it's just that radical honesty um, and knowing that it is your path to design. Yeah, I love that. Bethany, mm -hmm. thank you so much for, um, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and your wisdom. I am like, I'm in awe. I feel like I've learned so much. And that's the thing that I find so awesome is because, you know, when we're doing this podcast, a lot of it is we've experienced it before, but since neither of us have, and you've been on this, you've gotten to this place in your journey that we have not, I feel like I've gotten so much information and gained so much knowledge. So I really appreciate so much you coming on and giving us some enlightenment. It's been great. Yeah. No, this is wonderful. I really appreciate, um, it, it helps to process all of the, like, it's a crazy journey and one that doesn't really end. So I love to be able to process it out loud with you ladies and um, Amy, especially having been on such a big part of this journey with you and the number of times your words have, have touched me when I've needed it most. Like, I just, I miss you much. And I'm so, so glad we get to connect here. Yeah, same, same. Thank you so much again, Bethany. Um, Okay. Such an incredible story. And you've given us so much to think about and to move forward with. So we so appreciate you. Anytime. Take care, guys. Thank you. All right, Bethany.
Thank you so Thank much, you. Tell me, go I said hi. I will take care, guys. Abby, it was so good to meet you. Yes, you too. Thank you again. This was awesome. I love anytime. It. We want to give Bethany one more thank you for joining us. Um, the greatest gift that you can give someone is your time. So we are so thankful for her time and her wisdom and the words that she shared. I like it's so funny, like when I'm interviewing people, I get lost in like I forget that I'm interviewing because I'm just like, I am so sucked into the story. And I think that a lot of the story that she shared was so, so good. And I think one of the things that I've just been thinking lately, and I'm not trying to dive into another topic, but um, me and Abigail like have gotten into so many conversations in the past two weeks since um, doing the Body Positivity podcast. And so many things that Bethany said tonight that I know that we're going to keep talking about, but I think that we need it, right? Like this whole idea of we have been set up for failure because we have been, we believe, right? That there's this, there's this body type to get to, and it has to look like this. And thin is the only way. And like, um, your your health journey has to look like this. One of the things that I love that Bethany said was that like getting up every day and just deciding like, what am I going to do for my health today? What does that look like today? Because she said, there's no such thing as maintenance. My body's always changing. How can I just maintain? Blew my mind. So um, thank you so much to Bethany. And we want to thank all of you for joining us today and for listening and for being a part of our community and our family. We don't take it for granted. We love you guys. Um, so thank you for joining us and stay tuned for our next episode coming out. And that one, we are going to be talking about building a community. So excited for that one. Excited is the word and I don't feel like changing it. I'm excited. You're excited. Okay. We're excited. Um, so we'll see you all next week. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Just One More Cookie.